Howdy and hello. You're listening to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week, we've got an interview with the founder of the photo arc, Mr. Joel Sartori, whose work you may have seen in galleries and National Geographic. But first, our question of the week, we asked you, what's the best thing about spring in Oklahoma? First up is editor-in-chief Nathan Gunner. Uh, boy, uh, gardening, maybe? I don't know. I like gardening. I like, um, I like it when everything is flowery. I like it when um, my red bud and my peony and my tulip tree in my backyard bloom. So flowers, plants, gardening, all that stuff, all the things that grow. That's my favorite part of spring. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Managing editor Carly Barra. My favorite part is definitely that transition from winter to spring when mm. all of the, it's like brown, 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 green, everywhere green. <laughs> I love it. Um, and also that's like the only part of spring that's cool enough for me. So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> definitely the best. Uh, by that, uh, Listeners, Carly does mean that um, late spring is just is a late, little too clingy. Late spring um, is pretty basic. Like yeah. it listens it to is, Celine Dion. <laughs> it is like, ninety-seven degrees. It today. wants you to go to the Black Eyed Peas nice. concert with really? it. Yeah. yeah, it's very warm today. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hot outside. Speaking of very warm today, for no particular reason, Megan Rossman, what's your? Uh, um, well, thunderstorms. I like thunderstorms. Mm. Thunderstorms all the time. I want them. <laughs> I want them at least once a week. We never have enough thunderstorms for me. I want them big and violent, but not tornado. Deadly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to see it. And you know, I, I want to see tornadoes. I just don't want them to destroy or injure. Or yeah. Kill. All right. Research editor Ben Lucian. Um, I think uh, what I like the most, and I also, um, they also killed me for like um, about a month, was the uh, the redbud trees. Mm. Uh, very beautiful. I love looking at them, but their their pollen just basically wrecked me for quite a, quite a while. Ben is a, an editor at the State Magazine and the state tree he's allergic to. <laughs> That doesn't yeah, seem very fair. Unfortunate. That <laughs> Not really fair doesn't seem fair. I think they should. I think I should be cured of my allergy by being a state employee. I agree. I agree. It's the least they can That's do. That's just not how being it's a state employee really works. Or aller- it's also not how allergies work. Greg, what about you? What's your favorite thing about spring in Oklahoma? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not someone that I you would consider having a surplus of hope. Uh, but uh, spring is the most hopeful time for me because that is when I plant tomatoes. And oh, I love yeah. to – I'll sometimes just go out there, pretty maids all in a row, just stare at them. Uh, and and – even if we're, you know, sometimes it's you get a bumper crop and sometimes mm-hmm. you get bupkis, but there's something really wonderful about fresh tomatoes. And, and spring is when I plant them and when those dreams of like a caprese salad or, uh, or mm. a bunch of gazpacho or just like one of those ridiculously thick slices of tomato mm. on a backyard grilled hamburger. Man, bruschetta. Backyard bruschetta mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things because I plant tomatoes and basil every year. Oh man, I just love the way tomato plants smell mm-hmm. on their own. Like that, yes. is a happy smell. For Literally, me. my favorite smell in the entire world. Yeah, yes. it's one of my favorites yeah, too. Absolutely, yes. If I could, yes, if I could share it by the internet. Like honestly, every time I smell tomatoes now, I will. I'm like, I wish you could make the internet scented. Like I wish we could make this podcast episode smell. Like I mean, I, I do know that for a while, Bath and Body Works had. 
a tomato plant scented hand oh. soap. Demeter supposedly does really, too. and uh-huh. it, it did. It really smelled like it. I so. think that there should be an Oklahoman who makes like I feel like an Oklahoman could do this better than anybody. So anyone out there in Oklahoma making scents, uh, get us that because I think Oklahomans would be the best. Oklahomans making sense. What did our um, <laughs> sense? What is what did our uh, social media buddies have to say? Uh, lots and lots of people agreed with you guys. Um, uh, Stan Lawfridge said you get to spend time underground, which is absolutely true when but, there are those yeah, storms. Yeah, that's true. Oh, storms. oh, I yeah. see. I mean, you can just go underground anytime you want. Like, yeah, it's I mean, not you like can't. You don't have to wait for a tornado. You, yeah, you don't that's true. have to. But I will admit that the times that I've gone into a storm shelter when there wasn't a tornado didn't have that same uh, je ne sais quoi. It's fair. Uh, yeah. uh, Katie Roberts McBurnett said the return of color seeing mm. the various blossom and leaf colors returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cindy M- uh, McAtee Ackerman said scissor tail sightings. Uh, oh. Yeah, they start coming nice. back in yep. mid-April yep. every year. Um, Rita Larson Hess said butterflies, baby calves, and male bluebirds. Okay. <laughs> uh, Paul Wilkinson a bit tongue-in-cheek. New potholes. New uh, potholes. But that, <laughs> LOL. But that is definitely... It's more of a winter thing, I feel like. Well, I think I think after, like, the freeze, in, the yeah. last freeze in spring, and then the rain comes and washes it out, that's usually when you'll see something. Uh, Oklahoma is uniquely primed for... Well, here's one that I thought was more positive. Chris Foreman says, it ain't summer. That's his favorite part. Yeah, <laughs> that was true. I think he'd find some friends that in this room. one yeah. of my answers, yeah. too. Uh, and Renee Mabry said, uh, bald baby eagles. Oh, they are cute. They are yeah. really cute. Yeah. Uh, well, Love let's, that. Uh, speaking of uh, some great animals, mm. let's talk to uh, photographer Joel Sartori. Yeah, and I want to I want to preface this interview a little bit just by saying, um, before you listen to this, this was uh, part of a media scrum, which I'm sure, I mean, everyone in this room knows what that is, but you know, when there's an event and the media comes and it's just kind of a go around the circle and ask questions. Mm-hmm. So some of the questions you'll hear actually aren't from me. They're from our friends at Channel 6 in Tulsa is how it starts. But it was sort of, you know, everyone kind of go around and ask questions so that's what this interview is but he was he Joel's cool and it was a really good interview all right what was your passion or drive behind doing this project I had done um, 17 years and 35 stories for National Geographic all in the wild and didn't matter a whole lot I mean a couple of those stories moving the needle of conservation and I started doing studio portraits where it's more intimate and people pay, started paying attention so I didn't start off to do a photo arc. I just started off to have something to shoot while my wife recovered from breast cancer, and it worked into this. So now wow. it's, uh, it's a lot. The goal is to get every captive species in the world over about a 30-year period and um, try to get people to pay attention to something other than politics and who won mm-hmm. the ball game. <laughs> the things that matter, like the future of life on Earth, that kind of thing. I was gonna say, when someone walks in here and looks at all your photos, what do you hope they walk away with? I hope they appreciate the fact that there's that there's a lot more out there than they thought. That maybe bats aren't too scary, and that salamanders are interesting, and maybe they want to dig in and they learn about that beautiful fish, or 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 maybe the fact that that these beetles are amazing. And when will they ever see these things? Most people, if they if they're into the outdoors at all, they think about pheasants and quail, coyotes and deer. That's about it because those are the things we can see easily. But there's a lot more to nature than that, and a lot of it's in trouble. And so as these species go away, so could we. Hmm. So that's really kind of the driving thing is to, is it's a public education campaign over decades to just 
get people to realize that these things matter and they really, they really, they need the same things as we do. For example, freshwater species like the mussels you see and the stream fish and the salamanders, those animals have to have clean water to survive, as do we. So if our water is so filthy or so altered that they can't live in it, it's folly to think that, that we can drive them to extinction and not have it hurt humanity. It's not gonna go like that. So I'm basically a guy at the end of a bridge waving my arms, saying, you know, the bridge is out if we keep doing this this way. And, and uh, I guess my job is to just build this. And then if the, if the general public decides that it's worthwhile and, and worthy of their attention and action, great. But it's kind of not my business. My job is to get it done and die. Can you tell us about um, some of the challenges with doing these shoots? They, they're beautiful, but clearly these animals are not sitting still <laughs> while you're shooting them. They're not, no. Yeah. So for the smaller animals, it's pretty straightforward. We're working with uh, many animals that were born and raised in human care in the case of zoos. Okay. Wildlife rehabbers, uh, uh, these are animals that are wild, that are brought in as youngsters or injured before they're released again. But uh, in all cases with the small animals, they go into a cloth shooting tent of a various size. They're shifted in, it has a black liner and a white liner. Wow. Photograph them on black first, because that's the color I like best. Then when we're done with that, we pull the black out and they remain in there on white. They don't have to be handled again. And then they go back into their enclosure or sometimes released if it's a banding event, like that flycatcher. We just opened up the door and he flew out because hmm. he'd already been banded. Um, so that's pretty straightforward. The animal doesn't see us when they're in the tent. It's oh, just wow. the front of my lens. And okay. they don't hear us because we're not talking or having a party out there. We're just wow. respectful. We don't shoot very much. It's, uh, it's not like a paparazzi. You know, it's, it's yeah. measured. You know, it's maybe 10, 10 pictures of a bird on white, 10 pictures of a bird on black. I don't know. Whatever it takes in a way, but it doesn't last long. Just a few minutes. Um, it's, a, it's as low stress as possible. And we shoot... We get the shoot over with as quickly as possible. With a bigger animal like that sandhill crane, that was a bird that was used to people. It was in a bird show, part of a bird show okay. at the center. So it literally was just brought into a room that we'd lined with black black wall and black floor. Um, for something big like the bison, that is something that is shifted into a room that the zoo has prepped in black. It's brought in, we photograph it, and then the animal shifts out. And usually the animals are are used to it. Mm -hmm. Like with a big animal, we want them to go in and be comfortable and eat. So they're, they feed in that room days or weeks before I get there. So it's just not a big deal to walk on in and get, they just think they're coming in to have lunch. Get their picture taken, they finish their lunch and they walk out. That's awesome. So like that. If someone sees this and they're moved to join the cause of animal conservation, what would you, what would you tell them to do? That's a great question. I would encourage them to start thinking about how they spend their money. In your purse or your wallet, you have the power to save the world or tear it up. Hmm. So think about the fact that, um, that you're wasting money by not insulating your home well, hmm. especially in Oklahoma where it gets super hot in the summer. You're paying for all that air conditioning and you're letting it go right out, right out the roof. Why not insulate your home? It, pay, it puts money in your wallet to be green in that case. Uh, reduce what you buy and recycle what you buy, reuse of course. but. Watch how much meat you eat. That's very that's very energy and grain intensive. Why not Why not think about not buying products made from environmentally destructive practices? In other words, buy sustainably and quit pouring poison all over the ground. It ends up in the groundwater. Other people drink it. It gives frogs three eyes. It works. It's a bad deal. And we we really do need insects 
And when you pour insecticide over everything, you're eliminating the possibility for insects to be there. And insects provide us with one third of every bite of food we eat. So wow. it's pretty important. If you, if you like butterflies, for example, plant milkweed and nectar bearing plants in your yard. Tell your neighbors why you're doing it. Put signs in front that educate people so that they don't call the weed board because prairie <laughs> usually is a little rough the first few years. Um, there's all sorts of things people can do. They can go to my website, joelsartori.com, and look at the FAQ or Frequently Asked Questions Great. page, and up come those things that people can do. That's exciting. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And being a native Oklahoman, do you have an Oklahoma animal you're partial to that's a particular favorite? I always say it's the next one. <laughs> it's the next one. <laughs> I am I'm very excited about that. Tomorrow I'll go to the Oklahoma Aquarium in Jenks and get um, hump-headed wrasse and a uh, little, a little uh, it's Ethiostoma genus, it's a darter, it's a little Oklahoma native darter, and uh, a few other things, maybe coral, and then come on back here. But I'm always excited about the next one. I was just in, in the last uh, eight days, nine days, I've been in North Carolina, Virginia, Central Tennessee, Southwest Tennessee, including Nashville, and then I went to Carmel, California, Fresno, uh, and Berkeley. Flew wow. from Berkeley yesterday, so yeah, just like stuff all along the way. Wow, this is a this is really this will never make anybody's report. Pocket gopher and pocket gophers are found all over the U.S. wherever it's dry enough. This is a subspecies they had down at Wild Care in Noble, Oklahoma. But I photographed a pocket gopher species, uh, same genus and species in that came from Oakland, California, <laughs> and uh, so and it looks different. So we have a lot to learn yet. Many of these, these animals will be split into different species, but there just hasn't been enough time and money put into the study of them. So the goal really is to show people what biodiversity looked like at this point in time before we threw half of it away hmm. to extinction. And so I photograph every, everything I can, as long as it looks different from the last thing. Wow. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That was fun. Y'all seriously go see that exhibit at Gathering Place. It's gorgeous. Like it's really, really, really cool. And just the stories of how he got these photos are it's amazing. And it's free. It's too, free. Since it's at the gathering yeah, place, since right? it's at the gathering oh. place, it's free. So go see it. All right. It is now time to once again plumb the depths of travelok.com's calendar for our weekly pod events. And first up this week is Ben. Well, playing with dolls doesn't usually have a violent connotation. Unless you're one of those kids that had Barbie fighting right alongside the G.I. Joes. <laughs> but if you see a play date with the Oklahoma Victory Dolls roller derby team on your schedule, don't expect any tea parties. The team has a double header set for Saturday, May 21st at Edmonds Arctic Edge Arena. For the uninitiated, the Victory Dolls are the premier team in the Oklahoma City metro area in the rough and tumble sport of roller derby. Think the Ben-Hur chariot races meets roller hockey. Uh, with somewhat sparse padding, the Victory Dolls skate around the rink with the goal of knocking the other kids out of the proverbial cabbage patch. These American girls make crybabies cry real tears when upset. Don't be a brat and come cheer on the home team as they honor former Victory Dolls president X-Ray Kathy Wright during Game 2. Tickets are $10 in advance and $15 at the door. Children 12 and under get in free with a paid adult. Finding more information is easy. It's like a piece of strawberry shortcake. <laughs> Just visit OklahomaVictoryDolls.com. Puntacular. Uh, all right, <laughs> Nate, what's your event this week? Right. I got a good one this week. Um, so 
when it comes to things that are like enjoyable to watch on television, I feel like uh, there's been sort of this trend lately, right, of wanting to watch like calm voiced, low stakes. Think the British Baking Show. What are they? Competing for on the British Baking Show car. A plate. A plate. They're literally <laughs> competing for a plate. It's so low stakes and everyone's so relatively calm. And so I don't understand why golf hasn't taken off on TV as a thing. It is unbelievably relaxing to watch golf, professional golf. It goes on for hours. No one really talks much louder than this. Not much really happens. And even when it does, they're like, oh, Tiger Woods has hit a hole-in-one on a par five. That has never happened in the history of golf. We'll be right back. I mean, it's just like this great, like really calm, like you could take a nap to it. It's great. And I feel like that's really popular lately. So I just don't understand. Like, I feel like people would rather watch like farm commodities and risk management committee meetings on C-SPAN or like Mad TV or something terrible like that. Um, But if I may step in and say golf, but there is one exception, and uh, it doesn't get any less boring watching golf than when David Faherty is announcing. For the people who don't know, Faherty is to golf broadcasting kind of what Gordon Ramsay once was to cooking shows. He's just loud, brash, an unafraid tornado of a man who makes the whole thing way more fun, even if it's at the cost of the stuffiness of the whole thing. So this is, this is after all, the man who once called Tiger Woods a loser right to his face, for which Tiger thanked him. And he also once let John Daly hit a golf ball off a tee he was holding in between his teeth. So he's not your typical golf guy. He's a wild Irish whirly gig of a man, and he's bringing his live show to the Hard Rock Casino in Tulsa, May 19th. And whether you're a fan of golf or not, you're absolutely going to have the time of your life listening to his stories from the road. For more information or tickets, visit hardrockcasinotulsa.com or call 918-384-7625. It'll be fun. All right. David Faherty. He's hilarious. Make he one. literally like looked at Tiger Woods and was like, so you're a loser. <laughs> and Tiger's like, yes, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I've been called that by so many people, and I never even thought to thank them. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's the secret to success. Megan, how about you? <laughs> New kids on the block. More like middle-aged guys at Paycom Center. Aha. <laughs> 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 On May 16th, that's where you'll find the early 90s pop stars hanging tough. Their mixtape tour 2022 also features perhaps the greatest pop sensation of the era in vogue, plus Salt and Peppa and Rick Astley. So keep so free your mind and your wallet, and if you're as old as me, you can relive your early childhood pop culture memories starting for $25 a ticket. For more information, visit paycomcenter.com. It was that's gonna be fun. Rick it was Astley. hard for me to even be I would humorous never give about those tickets that. Up. A fun like, thing I learned about Rick Astley is that Never Gonna Give You Up is the exact same song chord progression-wise as Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. You can you can mesh them together flawlessly, perfectly. And you know what? You will not get a front row seat to this concert because I was looking at the seating chart and like all of the the people who really want to go have all bought front row seats. I believe it. Seats, That's so. a heck of a lineup. Yeah, I get no. it. I get it. There's a, there's a lot of women my age who have now earned enough money yeah. that they can go and sit five feet away from yeah. from yeah. a boy and, who was on Teen on and Tiger some, Beat and some guys who are yeah. going to be very excited to be mm-hmm. there too. That's very true. Well, in Vogue, like I that's know. what I, I would love pepper. to see in wow. Vogue. Yeah. yeah, Salt and Peppa yeah. <laughs> and Spinderella who does not get her due. <laughs> Carly, what about you? Wait, is your event Spinderella this week? It's not. I, would, uh, I wish it were, but this one's pretty cool too. 
Scotland is not a country I have spent a lot of time thinking about in the past, but apparently I should have because it's a fascinating and whimsical land. First of all, their national animal is the unicorn, which was decided back before we knew unicorns aren't real. But once they find out, found out, they just kept it anyway. I love that. Within Scotland lives the oldest tree in Europe, probably one of the oldest in the world, in fact, a yew that's somewhere between 3,000 and 5,000 years old, depending on who you ask. And tartan isn't just a fashion statement. First mentioned in 1538, the tartan pattern you wore indicated which clan you were from. Furthermore, the most popular garment for displaying tartan, the kilt, is meant to be worn sans undergarments, unless they are worn during the famous Highland Games. Visitors to the Stirling's classic Scottish festival in Yukon will certainly be grateful for that, since the event promises lots of strong men hurling lots of heavy objects. In addition to feats of strength, the May 20th through 22nd Scottish Soiree will feature live Celtic and pipe music, traditional dancing, sheep herding demos, and lots of food, both Scottish and American. General admission is $10. Head to thesterlingclassicsf.com for more info. All right. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. I might actually go to that since it's right by my house in Yukon. Well, I think you should. I, if you Honestly, though, if anybody who hasn't been to a Scottish festival, you should go. Totally it's should it's go. a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mean, you don't have to eat haggis. There's lots of food to choose from. So. <laughs> or you can eat haggis. Or you can eat You can eat haggis yeah. if you want. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment here. We're not going to judge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. What about you, Greg? Oh, well, any house with children will get loud, and mine is no exception, especially after my daughter, a crafting wizard in the making, got a rock tumbler for Christmas. Fun fact about rock tumblers, the perfectly polished stones you see uh, in stores must spend weeks, and in some cases months, getting tossed around with fine grit dirt to smooth them out. And yes, rock tumblers are loud. They are literally full of rocks hitting other rocks. So forgive me, Amelia, if I may jump ahead a bit and go to the Enid Gem and Mineral Swap, where members of the Enid Gem and Mineral Society are buying, selling, and telling stories about how they happened upon a particularly gorgeous bit of earth. Jewelry, fossils, home decor, and more are waiting for you at this free event on May 21st. Email stormyrocks1967 at gmail.com or search for Enid Gem and Mineral Society on Facebook for more information. Wow. And the sound of Rick Astley tossing a caber means that the (laughs) Oklahoma Today podcast is going to have to give you up for this week. Please join us again next week uh, when we will give you up once again. Uh, (laughs) uh, Or you can head to oklahomatoday.com, pick up our latest issue on news and we will talk to you again later. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production held by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. I swear I want a rock tumbler. Mm. I'd turn that baby loose on some feldspar. <laughs> Just see what happened. <laughs>